going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Football Podcast. Here on this Thursday, we are we apologize for getting back to you guys about a month after for this next episode. It was the spring game we uh, talked about on the last one, which feels forever ago. There's a lot that has happened since then. Uh, players entering the program, players leaving the program, tons of things, stuff, some stuff around the Valley with some early rankings potentially. And we got some news here today that we will discuss along with others that I may have not just mentioned. I'm Nick Malone joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, this is like, it, it stinks that, and obviously, you know, we said on basketball, we've had things getting our way to where we'd have to push back, you know, episodes. And we know football is approaching before basketball and we had a basketball yesterday, but now a month after the fact, we're getting, we're getting commits and we're starting to get to the nitty gritty of summer and maybe there'll be posts between that, but now we're here and we're ready to discuss what's up. Yeah. It's been a uh, crazy uh, month or so, just like basketball the off season continuing to roll on. Uh, more news is coming in for football. Obviously we had, we had the NFL draft, some of our guys getting some chances in the NFL. Uh, we have one guy headed to the CFL uh, some new commits since last time we talked. I believe there's four or five. Um, there's still guys out there that we're interested in still on our list. Um, we have offered. We could add some depth pieces here and there. Um, some of our transfers have ended up other places, and uh, we'll discuss that. Um, but, yeah, ready to hit the ground running. Uh, summertime's here. Um, have a good summer practice, for hopefully, for football. See how it's going. Get ready for the season because uh, start us off here uh, today. We formally formally announced that uh, we got a couple. We got to announce announce the start time for the Northwestern game. Um, that it will be at 11 a.m. game. Um, we know we are planning to make the trip up there. Um, it's going to be a good time. We made the Kansas State trip. We made the Ole Miss trip. Uh, the Arkansas State also. So. Um, we've been traveling, making these uh, FBS games. It's fun to see. Always a good time. Another opportunity to get get a big FBS win this season. Yeah, and we recall the Wisconsin game and that got scratched as well. <clears throat> we always try to make those FBS games because they are fun and where we get close to knocking people off. The Arkansas State game, yeah, we honestly should have knocked them off, even though that that would have been still an upset and that you know in the state of the program that was about three years ago. Uh, but yeah, the other games are really close and we can't not, not make it when we know we can. So yes, this Northwestern game. Yeah. 11 o'clock. You're right. We're planning on going up there that Friday since it's so early. Jeez. I mean, I know that, you know, usually games start at noon, which isn't a big deal. This one's at 11 and we'll definitely be there. I'm um, looking forward to, it. we know Northwestern, we'll talk about them obviously as the season rolls around, we do our pre-stuff and don't know a whole lot about them now. The only thing I think we know about them is the fact that they were really good a couple years ago, and then they had a really down year last season. But uh, nonetheless, it's a Big Ten, and like we said, we almost had Wisconsin. That would have been enormous. But Northwestern would obviously be another huge upset to put up there, and, I, and you know, we agree that we'll be good enough to potentially do that. Like we said, we don't know the status of them, if they're the typical, what they were a couple of years ago, or just known to be good, then maybe we wouldn't knock them off. But how we got so close to Kansas State, and I'd say those two were on the same level playing field. Kansas State might even be better. So looking forward to this. They had a link for the ticket office, so we will 
line those up. I think they said, yeah, $40. You guys can get them through the website and all that. We've ran through the um, schedule a couple of times and we will as time goes on um, again. But this game definitely is the biggest one on there because no, no matter how we know we start against Incarnate Ward, but after that, you know, there's a couple of games. Imagine being 3-0 after knocking off a Northwestern. It could be – it could obviously mean great things. I know we'll talk about some other things. I said Hero Sports. I know they had uh, – I think a couple months ago they had um, ranking of the best FCS versus FBS matchups. We were on there, I believe. Um, I think actually one came out that uh, – I think it was Sam Herter that had us – it had ranking the most likely of the FCS teams to beat the FBS teams. And uh, I think we were on the honorable mention, which surprised me. I think North Dakota state was first beating uh, Arizona. I think we can honestly assure that will happen, but no, I found also whether we've talked about it before, there's a thing that also Sam Herter had back in February about the payouts that FCS schools are going to get facing FBS schools. I found that. Um, it has us at 550,000. There's some on here that are insane. Idaho at Indiana, 1.3 million. So we're right in the middle there. No, that's a nice chunk of change to add to the program. We know needs the money and obviously whether that's spread out, but if it goes to football, that's because we know the state that we're in that money only helps. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's always a, uh, good time to have these payday games on your schedule. Um, but here recently, we've had ones that were making good money, uh, getting paid, but we have a chance to knock off a team like that. Um, yeah, Northwestern, um, a couple of years ago, they were playing for the Big Ten title. And now that they had a down year last year, uh, I think they had a younger team last year. Uh, but hopefully they improved, improved uh, Pat Fitzgerald, one of the most respected coaches. Uh, been rumored to jump, make that NFL jump recently in the last couple of years, but sticking at Northwestern, um, really good coach. Um, it, I did see that it is on the Big Ten Network at 11 a.m., so we will big up, we'll be on live TV. So um, if nobody is unable to make that trip, you know, you'll be able to spend your Saturday at home or somewhere. I'm sure they'll have a uh, viewing party maybe somewhere over in Carbondale uh, to watch the game. Yeah, it just reminds me, I remember back when I was in high school, so it was close to a decade ago, we went up to Illinois, and I remember that was on the Big Ten Network as well. Uh, so it's been, I don't know if it's been that long we've been on that channel, but um, it definitely will be good to be on Big TV. Yeah, yesterday, Sam Herter had most likely FCS over FBS, and he had us an honorable mention. Uh, number nine, I said number one, number nine, South Dakota State at Iowa. That will be a heck of a match. So we know Iowa's always good, and South Dakota State's projected to be good this year, so that will be must-see TV. We recall the FCS wins against teams last year. It was insane. So looking forward to all that. Yes, we will be there. Hopefully other – because, it's you know, it's in Chicago. Obviously, it's straight up 57 shot to us down here. Uh, a lot of people should be up for that game. So we're definitely looking forward to that. Um, like I said, get your tickets now. So, no, there's that. We want to definitely start out with that because it ha happened today, and it's very important. Now let's start out with other important stuff. Before we talk about the newbies and the ones that have left – um, you mentioned at the, at the start of the NFL draft, yes, we haven't talked about anything since then. We had a couple episodes before that day, and we knew a lot of our guys weren't going to be drafted. We knew that there was a possibility for some, but honestly, the three that ended up with 
opportunities. You you mentioned four, yes, one for the Canadian Football League, but the three that made it to the NFL, and we'll get to one of them in particular that had a little change of heart, it seems like. But no, let's start off with those three guys. Bryce, no tree. Um, we knew he was going to find a spot, and it didn't take long with the hula bowl and stuff. He put himself in good position. He got picked up by the Saints as an undrafted free agent, but he apparently he didn't last long there, and he ended up with the Commanders, and they were posting about him, and he was posting about – it was either him or the account posting of him in the uniform and stuff. No, that We know the defensive team, the Commanders, are, and Bryce can find his way. Hopefully, we know it'll be through special teams and stuff, if anything, or practice squad. But no, that – that's a, for as good of a defensive player as he is, that's just a good organization to be uh, with, with how good their defense is. Yeah, um, it's uh, great to see that he gets that um, next opportunity. Um, a lot of them, sometimes it, you only get that first one, um, but he gets that second opportunity to get there and find a role in Washington. Um, yeah, like I said, really good defense, big time for him. Um, hopefully he can uh, make his way special teams because um, that's that's what you got to do as an undrafted guy. You got to come in, make, find a role on special teams, and uh, be really good at it. Which we know if you um, we didn't really didn't get to see that a lot of that at SIU uh, maybe early on in his career. But flying down him flying down on the kickoff would be pretty scary uh, to watch. I know a lot of don't see a lot of kickoff returns anymore in the NFL, but um, if he's coming down on a punt or something, uh, be pretty scary to see. Yeah, we know he'll definitely give it his all, so he, he will be smacking people on that coverage if he does get the chance, so good luck to him on that. Uh, we'll be following all these guys, obviously, but Noah, let's start off with Landon. Uh, we knew he was going to get a shot as well. He was also an undrafted free agent to the Bears. I don't think it couldn't have been any more perfect from him from the state um, and remaining in the state. Uh, so cool. We know the Bears are kind of in a transition mode in general. We just think about their, their main roster. And obviously they could use pass catchers or people that can fill in, uh, you know, in the special teams as well. No, we're thinking Landon could find his way. He got it. We remember the agency he was with, he was post, he got the good opportunities as well. We remember talking about how these guys and their testing numbers that maybe they weren't as ideal. Maybe if they were a little better, they could have snuck into the draft potentially, but nonetheless, no Landon to the bears, perfect fit probably. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy to see. Um, it's, him getting that opportunity. I think his brother um, played was in the Bears organization a little bit, bounced back and forth. Um, but him getting that opportunity um, in Bears uh, rookie minicap as an undrafted guy, see what he got, um, would be pretty cool um, to see. Um, but now that I'm looking at Twitter here, I thought we would have seen it if he were to retweet it, though. Um, he has apparently signed with the New, Gen New Jersey Generals, who's as part of the USFL League. Um, I've been watching some of that, so I just I, – I searched his name on Twitter. I figured he would have retweeted something, but that is breaking news to both of us. Uh, apparently, he's going to be playing in the USFL for a little bit now. Yeah, I mean that. Wow, I mean that's absolutely blindsided. Yeah, he's got that on his Twitter. That that's strange. How 
and we'll get to the last one, but we have how Bryce can get picked up by the Saints and then all of a sudden go to the Commanders, like how quickly some of that stuff can change. You're right. You, I mean, USFL, we were just talking how the NFL used to have like a quote-unquote minor league thing that they used to, I mean, decades ago. We were saying how the USFL or XFL could be like that kind of thing or they could create something for the NFL. That would have been perfect, but obviously this means that he's not with the Bears. Um, but the USFL, I mean, that's the next best thing. If he can go show out there and he wouldn't be a special teamer there, hopefully he would go in there obviously and be a factor. He can build his way back to being in the league. Yeah, we didn't. I'm glad you searched that to update it because he had no idea. Um, they are they are it, they are in first place in the USFL in the North right now. So they're five and one. So he joins a winning team. Um, hopefully, uh, see what happens if he can perform. I'll make sure to find find out when their next game is and tune in and see if we can see him. Yeah, for sure. Well, we wish him luck. We know he's. His legacy here stands to the test of time with anybody else in the history. And the fact that I wish he would have gone on there, but he'll get another opportunity down there. I definitely wish him a little following him there. Glad you found that. And then, Noah, let's end with the, the last one, Quay Brown. We knew he was going to get a chance as well. Uh, he was tweeting about how, you know, the whole pre-draft thing. Uh, and he also tweeted that he was going to be the biggest sleeper in the draft. He made his own post with highlights. And he got picked up by the Chiefs. So, of course, we're over here making – um, you know, and, and all the teammates and Nick Hill and all the coaches are wishing these guys the best of luck and congratulations. But and then seeing Quay with the Chiefs, it's like, okay, that, that's great. And then literally, probably a couple of weeks later, we saw here on the 18th of this month, he had a random post that pretty much means he's retiring. It says, I'm forever thankful for the people, friends, experiences, and life lessons obtained from the game of football, memories, and relationships that are priceless and will last a lifetime. With that being said, I I'll be hanging up the cleats for good and pursuing other ventures in life. Thank you, football. This came as a shock to us, Noah, because, like I said, he was hyping himself up and getting to the whatever and then getting picked up by the Chiefs. And like we said with the other two, like things can change. Landon's not even on the team anymore, and Bryce switches teams. That that's how quick it all can change for somebody, and that's just for them continuing their careers. But seeing Quay hang him up is unfortunate. We don't know. We don't want to speculate, obviously, for the reasons why. Um, could be for not, you know, could be something going on with him or could be just the lack of opportunity that now he can't find. Um, like I said, we're not going to speculate. It could be just something. And it's, it's unfortunate to see, but we know Quay is very bright person and whatever he ventures to go do the, for uh, the next chapter in his life, we know he'll be successful at Noah. But Quay also left his mark at SIU. And at least he, we know he entered the portal a couple of years back and he spent the last couple of seasons here and fully left his legacy. So we're glad that he hung up the cleats being a Saluki. But, no, it's unfortunate to see him having to hang it up for whatever reason. Yeah, it's crazy to see because uh, being a first-team All-MVC player and second-team All-American this year, um, seeing the way his career uh, finishing 16th in tackles at SAU and second in forced fumbles, um, I know he graduated in sports administration, so um, hopefully he can find a job in that career um, that he had a, has a degree with, but um, would have definitely thought he would have found his stride. Um, I know we both dislike the Chiefs organization, but um, that's a good good organization to go to. We thought he could find a stride there. Um, 
because they usually find they usually find diamonds in the rough, and we really thought he could have been that for them. Um, they're one of the organizations that usually find those undrafted guys. Uh, like we know they got Justin Ross from Clemson, a wide receiver. That's going to be a steal. We thought they could have got one in Quay Brown, and it's just really, like you said, unfortunate and crazy, just kind of shocking that he it leads to him. Now he's just going to hang up the cleats. Um, didn't see that he got released by them. I guess he did. Um, I know when I searched Landon's name a little bit ago that I did find a tweet that said he got released, so didn't see anything by, about Quay. Just I guess he's just hanging him up and uh, just going to use his degree. Uh, hopefully we wish him the best. Um, thought he could make it there, but I guess not. Yeah, and I wonder just if um... – well, like you said, the Chiefs, yeah. I mean, they're just – they're well, perfectly almost ran organization and very successful that it's like if he would have latched on being that hybrid player, yeah, special teams, we know we can play, like I said, that hybrid role that the Chiefs usually can make it work with a lot of people and if he would have got the opportunity and stick on. But that's just the way the road. It's a business in the NFL, and it's unfortunate. Maybe it was something with his physical or anything. Who knows? Uh, it is unfortunate, and it would be the Chiefs to do that to somebody. Just kidding, but um, it is very unfortunate. We wish Quay well with everything. He left his legacy along with all those three guys. Um, so we'll keep following Quay because we keep following him on social media, and we'll follow Landon and Bryce's journeys around uh, the respective leagues. But, no, let's end with the last one that found a league, Jordan Burner. We remember that he had an interview with Mike near the end of the season and asked him about what he would uh, venture – out and try to find professionally uh, if he wasn't going to get drafted. He said he would look, but he wouldn't be too upset if he wouldn't. He would just continue the rest of his life. But no, we're glad to see that he has. And like we said, this was at the very early part of May, and things could have changed even with him. I don't. You can search him to find if there's anything there. But he said the Canadian Football League, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Noah, they talked about obviously Jordan's ranks all time seventh in sacks, fourth in fumble recoveries. An opportunity is one nonetheless. We remember saying that, and this is great. Obviously, any type of professional league, go out and do it, and it's just it, it's amazing to see guys attempt to go find it. And if it's not the NFL, at least they keep trying and find a spot like this. Great for Jordan. Yeah, obviously, um, he probably, assuming he had some offers uh, to have some tryouts in the NFL, but um, taking a start in your career at the CFL – I mean, there's been player, plenty of players that do that. Um, just guys that, that stick out at his position. Cameron Wake played many years in the CFL before it, he made the jump um, to the NFL. So a lot of guys go over there. I mean, there's a lot of – the CFL, um, I watch it when it's on ESPN, and it's a great league. Um, and glad to see that he gets the opportunity to play at the next level. Um, so – Big time opportunity. We'll make sure to turn into Winnipeg Blue Bomber games now. So um, they got a new fan in us. Yeah, I know that just reminds me seeing that you watch the USFL and Aaron Adayaway. If people listen to this are familiar with this area, uh, him being fr originally from Marion, he, he's been around the NFL and now he's in the USFL. So it's great to see. You know, he's obviously from around here. We mentioned, I mean, Jordan being from Chester and being, I mean, he's left his legacy as a backyard guy as well. And of course, we're going to follow his career and definitely wish him 
the best best of luck as time goes on as well. Um, no, I just wanted to run down. I was just looking to see we talk about other FCS players getting drafted. We know um, Trevor Penning, uh, Northern Iowa tackle, landed with the Saints in the first round. Pierre Strong killed us in his career, killed everybody in his career. He landed with the Patriots. Cole Strange from Chattanooga, he was a uh, surprise pick to almost everybody in the first round by the Patriots. Christian Watson, he didn't play against us in the playoffs, we know. They didn't need him, clearly. But, no, he's got high expectations. He's one of the favorites for Offensive Rookie of the Year early. He's headed to the Packers to try his best to replace Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers. Um, there's plenty of others, Noah. If there's any others that stick out, even – I mean, I have the undrafted free agent list, too. Uh, some other ones. Uh, Trey Anderson from Montana State, linebacker, right? What are, who are some other ones that landed? Great FCS players. Yeah, um, Cordell Valson, North Dakota State lineman, uh, headed to Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Matt Lelletsko, North Dakota offensive tackle, headed to the Cowboys. Uh, Eric Johnson, a D tackle from Missouri State, headed to the Colts. Um, Braxton Jones, Southern Utah, headed to the Bears. Uh, I believe tight end Andrew Ogletree, Ogletree, Youngstown State, headed to the Colts as well. Um, then uh, there's one more that was on top of my mind. Oh, Chris Oladokun, South Dakota State quarterback headed to right. Pittsburgh Steelers. Crazy. Um, there's a couple others. Uh, Zion McCollum, same Houston State corner, headed to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And there's several others and others that got uh, undrafted opportunities. I believe there was 20 FCS players drafted in this year's draft. Um, nine by the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Uh, that's six more than the next in the big sky with three. So uh, seven of those players were offensive linemen. So FCS breeds offensive linemen almost. For sure. And we recall just talking about Trevor Penning's career that it seems like we don't remember a whole lot, like in the moment of, you know, success that he had against us, even though obviously he was a great player. Uh, and we remember the ones before him even skipped out. So we didn't really get to see him in their final years here. It's great to see Cole Kelly ended up with the uh, commanders as well. We just remember playing him and he was a great player. He was in the hula bowl as well. So yeah, it's good to see a lot of these guys. We're thinking those ones that land in the first couple of rounds will make major impacts at the next level. So We'll always be following those guys because every time we see them, we will be aware of their history in the FCS. So wanted to touch on those and just thinking back to Xavion and a couple others that we know, not that we've seen get opportunities. Hopefully they keep trying and no matter what, we know Xavion's going to have an amazing career outside of football if he decides to not do it. But we know he could have helped some organization. Um, and obviously like Nico and Jack and all the others that. Should have Anthony Knight. I'm surprised he really hasn't found anywhere either. So it's all wait and see. We'll cover if we find anything on those guys. Uh, so now, no, let's talk about the guys that we've landed, and then we'll talk about the ones that we've lost. Let's start out with the one most recently. We're, we keep talking how you know, the spring game is obviously something, um, you know, that gives the team a look of what they have clearly. And you, it's not always the team you're clearly going to have the start of the season. It's an early look and you guys have leave and you also have guys come in and we've been pretty, you mentioned how there's still ones on the board, but the ones that we've, that we've acquired from the portal, Noah, let's run down them all. Start with the most, we'll run through them all. So let's start off with the most recent one a couple of days ago. Yeah. The most recent one, um, Quentin Lee, a defensive lineman um, from Arkansas state. So we land another um 
Arkansas State transfer going along with Javon Halls. Um, he's a JUCO product as well, also from Lee Summit, Missouri. So um, uh, he's coming back more towards home. I believe he started his career. Um, I'm trying to think at what JUCO, but I can't remember. Um, but a defensive end, so that's defensive lineman. I think he played a little bit both. 6'3", 258. Um, did not find any stats from him last season. Uh, the only stats I have is from the 2020 season where he only had three total tackles and one sack and a forced fumble. Uh, so not much action at Arkansas State. So um, hopefully he can hear, come here and finish his career strong. Yeah, and it's good knowing that we do have another or more Red Wolf players that had maybe something to do with it and just familiarity. Yeah, he hasn't been hasn't been playing a whole lot, whether it's been injury or just not playing. If he comes here for sure and uh, makes his mark and just adds depth, that'd be perfect. Uh, yeah, the one sack from that 2020 season. And uh, they had just – yeah, he played three games that year. So it's – maybe he's been dealing with something. Who knows? But we do like the ad that was the most recent one. Uh, now, no, let's talk about one that's had a, a lot of other good options, and it helps in the trenches as well. Noah Colin Smith, Eastern Michigan offensive line uh, commit. Uh, we're thinking that this kid can hopefully come in and be a factor. He's got the size and everything. Like we said, he had decent offers. Maybe he can come in here and uh, earn to be a starter or something. Who knows? Yeah, this is definitely a uh... – Former three-star recruit at 6'6", 320, a big uh, mauler offensive lineman guy with a lot of eligibility can come in here. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, I mean, we've noticed, we talked about it in the last pod, it was a long time ago, but around the spring game, that's when we were banged up at the offensive line. Um, and honestly, I mean, last year at some points, the offensive line was the weak link. Um, we had some injuries on it, but um, hopefully guys can stay healthy there. And But, yeah, he can come in here and battle, um, hopefully for a spot. Um, originally from up in Michigan, um, Belle, Belleville, Michigan, I think. So uh, um, come in here and battle for that offensive line spot because uh, it's definitely needed and always have to have depth. So um, even if he can't earn a starting spot, uh, big-time depth piece and maybe a future offensive lineman as well. Yeah, and he's still he's definitely still young. It's had a couple of years of eligibility. It does, I think, signal. And we remember talking about Jacob Coghill, Coghill, whatever his name is, uh, back uh, on the previous pod from Austin P. That's off the top of my head. I apologize for saying that. Uh, but he had depth, and we had a feeling talking about the spring game that Nick Hill did say they were dealing with injuries, so maybe that had something to do with it. Uh, Colin started his career from Indiana, yeah, back in early 2020. So. And then ended up at Eastern Michigan. But uh, early back in about 2019, there was evaluation on 27 for 24-7 sports talking about tall with long arms, capable of engulfing defensive linemen and driving them out of plays, shows flashes of quickness and bend. And then it said, uh, has the upside to be a power five starter, but must put in the word necessary to reach that ceiling. This was three years ago. Obviously, he's a different player. We're thinking he's obviously improved from them, but that's just early reports on him. Yeah, hopefully he can work his way to hopefully being a starter. He's a big boy, so maybe he can't earn that right. Uh, now, Noah, one that we remember tweeting about and adding because we remember, and we'll get to another one, 
after some of this, uh, maybe feeling just a depth piece of one that we maybe lost on the, in the defensive back room, Iverson Brown, staying in conference from Illinois State. Let's dive into him. Yeah, he's 6'1", 6'1", 205, DB. Um, he started all four games of safety this year for the Redbirds uh, or back in the spring season. Uh, he finished with 16 total tackles, including 12 solo stops, credit with one pass breakup. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, this also a local product. He's from Belleville. Um, he played – he's a one-year starter at both Altoff Catholic, um, who we know well, and have some players from. They know Fallon High School as well, played a little bit there. Um, so, uh, local guy. It's a big-time big time depth piece. Maybe he's been a starter. He was a starter in this league. Um, so, yeah, we lost that. We maybe lost one in Leandre Thomas. We're not sure on that. Um, so uh, this is when um, this is when we add another piece, and that's what we did. Yeah, and I remember um, it is crazy because I'm going to his Twitter back in early April. He he was getting offers from even you and I and stuff. So he was coveted inside the conference. So I remember watching a highlight tape of him or one he posted whenever that he had an interception against us. Uh, in a game, so I mean, he's he's definitely active and he's and he's quality. We were thinking he's got that experience on his side. Something that we want to add as much experience as we possibly can for this win now program. Uh, and he knows what to expect for sure. And you know, there's it not really because they've been down and they didn't barely play in the spring season last year. So we know that they're maybe on the come up as a team in general, but there's been kind of a little rivalry. I mean, they've kicked our butt before we recall the game. We went there where they killed us, but great to have Iverson here. Um, and then Noah, let's end with a surprising one semi related. We'll get to him again, but Noah, we know Marlon Houck entered the portal. So we'll cover him in a second, but just because he did, we ended up landing another kicker, Jacob Meeks from Louisiana Monroe. You know, this kind of surprised us. We know Jake Bumgart's here. We'll get to the updated uh, uh, depth chart here again here in a second. We know J- uh, Jake was in the spring game hitting all the kicks. No one else was kicking, oddly. But we have a feeling he's uh, kicker one. But Jacob Meeks adding in here from Louisiana Monroe, as I said, a couple years left. No, what do we got on him? He seems pretty talented. Yeah, a guy that only played – has only really kicked one year back in 2019 for them. So, must have got um, – his, his job must have got taken from him uh, by another kicker. But in 2019, uh, he was only two or three on field goals and uh, his long of 40 um, extra points, he was nine of ten on the year. So, not a lot of uh, kicking experience – uh, on the field during live games, so it's weird. Uh, not sure exactly why we would add a kicker when we already had – when Marlon left, we still had two on the roster with uh, Jake and Chase. So, uh, yeah, it's a, obviously a, maybe another depth piece. Maybe he thinks he can come here and win a job. Obviously, it sounds like his job got taken since he hasn't kicked in almost three years. Yeah, I know. It, it overall, it's just strange. And we looked at it. Uh, we were talking how he uh, he's he is listed as a place kicker. So we know that's you know that is to kick field goals. But we also learned that he is he kicks off a lot. So maybe that could be. We know Nico had one of the strongest legs we've ever seen. That he could do both. But maybe they're adding this kid to be 
a uh, kickoff, uh, be on the kickoff and Jake hit field goals. Who knows? I think they could mix and match. I doubt it, but that I think that's definitely there. But this kid only having a couple years of eligibility. It did say he was pursuing his master's. Uh, so that's something he's wanted to do. And we also wanted to cover, uh, which it was surprising seeing that that day that Ryan Chanley, we know he's coming in, uh, which they should be coming in here soon. We know they're all graduated high school now, that he tweeted or DM'd us talking about Jacob Meeks, his tweet of his commitment and said that he's kicker one, which we had us thinking that maybe Ryan knows him. I wouldn't think there'd be any correlation. We don't think Jacob's from that area or anything of why Ryan would randomly say that to us. But, I mean, it's not randomly because we've talked to him before, but just him saying this about Jacob specifically. That's interesting, and that's where it made us think that maybe is this for him to come in and be the guy. Like you said, Jake has been just fine, and Nick Hill preached about him in the pregame before the spring game that he's going to be the guy and his work ethic. And what's gone to this point, we told him about uh, about Jake and then Chase Reeves, as you mentioned, and, and uh, whatever helps us win, we told him. He said, absolutely. So that kind of came as, as a surprise, but – like we said, it's all big wait and see with that. We're, we definitely know Jake is the one. So um, welcome Jacob and all these other guys to the program this season. Some are only here for one season. So hopefully we can do something for them all in the time they're here. So no, let's talk about the guys that have left. And some of these have been shocking. This And all these guys are about to mention we're at the spring game. That's why it's weird. We say you get through it and then all of a sudden they make their decision, and that's where the decisions are made. you got to impress them around that time, obviously. Uh, so let's dive into some of these. We, we'll start out with Marlon because we just talked about him, aforementioned. Um, he did – we know that Marlon's been around the program for a while. Like, he's been an early enrollment outside of the other freshmen, and he posts so many videos of him kicking, and he seems like a solid player. He looks like he could be playing tight end or something. That's the good of an athlete he was. But, no, it's shocking to see that he entered. He said he had five years of eligibility, and then all of a sudden we he lands as an, at an SEC school. Lay that on us. Yeah, he's headed down to uh, Starkville, Mississippi, to play for the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, crazy to see how he ends up there now. Um, we wish him the best of luck. Uh, hopefully, maybe one day we'll get to see him kicking in big-time meaningful games. Uh, for the Bulldogs and the SEC, we know they've had some down years here, though. Um, but um, crazy that he ends up there. It's shocking because I do think this kid's talented. And uh, it was obviously blocked here, or he thought that he could end up going bigger. It's crazy. Uh, hopefully we don't look back and say that he's killing it in the SEC and we missed out on him. Uh, but that would be what it is. And obviously they see something in him for him to go there. So good luck to him. That's big time. Uh, now, no, let's talk about Michael King. Uh, we were just talking about him and the future that he could have at receiver here. We're talking about the young guys that could be pivotal parts moving forward for us, him and others we'll get to on the depth chart that are still here as far as we know. No, it's unfortunate seeing Michael here. We know he's talented. He caught a touchdown in that spring game. Um, and we haven't seen where he's landed yet. And just because because we haven't, we either retweeted or we just – find out about it and I don't think we know about him we'd be covering it that they haven't found spots left so that could mean that they're returning I think Michael's post pretty much put a bow on his time here so I don't know if he'll return but no that's unfortunate to see yeah obviously he had a lot of upside and uh, a lot of potential we haven't tapped into um yeah it's this is another weird one 
Um, he hasn't posted anything about getting offers or anything, but his Twitter bio still says wide receiver at Southern Illinois University. So it's really weird. Um, he could still end up staying. This could be another one just like because um, both of us have talked about how uh, usually like just to give examples like Giannini, Jacob Foss, we're about to talk about, they tweet offers and they end up going somewhere. And in this, and then like in Isaiah Hartrip, Clayton Bush's case, they enter the portal, no offers tweeted about, they end up back at SIU. So hopefully this is the case because Michael King is a really talented young receiver. For sure. We thought he could be wide receiver one one day. That's the kind of talent that he is. And you're right. Maybe they're just not as active. I think Michael's last retweet or tweet in general was retweeting Marlin going to Mississippi State. So uh, the option still is there. I hope that's the case. You're right. They don't make a post to say, oh, I'm back. So, and that's like, as you said, we found out about that with Clayton. So hopefully Michael's back. If not, so be it. Uh, it's just shocking. But Noah, us about this last one. And I, I'm on his Twitter. So it looks like he's found a spot. You said his name, Jacob Foss, quarterback. We know we have a million quarterbacks in our room, at least six or seven, as we've counted before. That's off the, that number's off the top of my head. So we knew he was blocked. We know he's blocked this year. And who knows? Obviously, Nick Baker, he's got years of eligibility left along with guys behind him that have seems to be maybe perhaps a brighter future than Foss. Uh, that, I guess that's kind of tough to say, but I'm pretty sure Foss threw a touchdown in the spring game as well. No, he got an offer from Nichols State not too long ago, and according to his bio, that's where he is now. So um, I remember when, when we signed him, he obviously looked like a talented kid, excited from him from Huntsville, Alabama. It just hasn't worked out because he's just blocked for a long time. So we understand why some of these guys would leave quarterbacks. Yes, that's I, I still don't know. Um kind of confused why more quarterbacks in that room have not moved on. Um it's obvious that um nobody's getting the starting job to Nick Baker um is it's gone. So then there's guys that are in that room that um it's weird. We know we had Trey Baker to, from this class. Um then we have two transfers. We got last year with a lot of eligibility, and we signed uh, Hunter Simmons, the local kid that from Marion and Mount Vernon that uh, sounds like Nick Hill is high on. He's been doing a great job, so um, it wasn't surprising seeing Jacob move on. Um, can't blame a kid trying to trying to play because uh, uh, he can go down there and maybe see some playing time at Nichols. Um, they're usually a pretty good program, so – uh, we wish him the best of luck. Maybe um, we can see him in the playoffs someday. Exactly. And he's talented enough to go to somewhere like that, yeah, and, you know, earn the starting job. So we will be following. We always follow guys that, that leave. Either they end their careers there or leave in the portal just to see how their careers end up. So we do wish Jacob well. Uh, now let's end, Noah, with uh, – one from early May, Nate Thurman. We're obviously familiar with him. He's been around for a while. Uh, he entered the portal, three years of eligibility left. Seems like he'd be a nice player. We know he's been a special teamer and maybe has worked his way into snaps over the years. Uh, he's been loyal. And obviously in the times of the portal, you can understand why. And if you're blocked and you don't hear the best things after the spring game, that he just falls in line. And P.J. Jules is one of the first comments wishing him well, and a lot of teammates are, Noah. Uh, Nate Thurman was a – like we said, you know, good to have on special teams and would have been nice to have this past year, but we understand him going and striving for bigger and better opportunities. 
yeah, this has been a depth piece for a while. He's worked his butt off on special teams, like you said. Um, you can definitely see it in his tape. His tape is a lot of practice film. He doesn't want to have game film. Um, he's had, obviously, Anthony Knighton and Jordan Burner um, in his way. Um, but, yeah, a lot of teammates and former teammates, even Christian Maddox, who was here for a short period of time, uh, saying, who needs a dog? Uh, Clayton Bush says, love, love, bro, go be great. So we wish him the best of luck. Hopefully he finds a home shortly and get in um, to their program and uh, strive. Yeah, get the ball rolling. Uh, so we'll see how that ends up with him. Now let's talk about one, also one that entered the portal that I don't know. I'm not sure if we um, – discussed him on the well, I think we did actually on the previous pod but Noah Dorian Davis a surprising one one we did not expect to uh leave in the portal we know the defensive backroom is pretty loaded especially the one we got coming in and Clayton returning has kind of held Dorian back and we liked his future it looks like he's headed to Towson we know he was took visits to like UT Martin and a couple others um but he landed at Towson, and we wish him best of luck, too. It says All-American defensive back. Obviously, that had to have been from wherever. Uh, that's been on his bio for a long time. But we, we know that he had a nice uh, forced fumble in the South Dakota playoff game. So he had eligibility. We liked this game. We wish him well. Yeah, this was another depth piece um, that, just like the quarterback room, um, there's a lot of guys in that DB room that could obviously go, obviously play somewhere, and that's what he has decided to do. Um, we thought once maybe if Clayton Bush was actually moving on, he could step in into a starting role, but with Clayton back, um, Dorian's moved on. Yeah, wish him the best. Uh, he's going to go down to Towson and kill it. For sure. Wish him luck. Now, no, let's end with the one we already talked about, but maybe that's why Iverson Brown could have been in the mix. Le'Andre Thomas, he is one of the first ones. I think he was on the last pod. We talked about him entering. Uh, do you remember what he – because I think he deleted tweets of him saying that he was either done with football or done at SIU because I don't think it was on his profile. Um, so we're thinking, obviously, he's done. And we remember the plays he was making, we were kind of bummed that he was leaving. We know he knows Tice and he's from Memphis, but we're not sure if he's gone officially yet still, whether he's fin finished out school or not. I mean, he's so experienced and had so many years that we're not sure if he was still in school or already graduated previously, but no, he was at the SIU rec center playing basketball on the flag. But so again, we're not hundred percent sure if he's off the team or not. And he's still on the website. We've talked about the. I mean, they don't really update the website all the time. So some of these, as long as before these guys enter and find new homes, they end up getting taken off. Foss is still on there. I think Dorian is not, I don't think. And Leandre is Noah. So, um, hopefully he's still on because obviously the more depth, the merrier and his experience would pay off as we knew before. Yeah, it's uh, not sure exactly. I remember seeing deleted tweets, but uh, two, two days ago he has, he's shown, shown a video on Twitter of him in the SIU stadium and Saluki stadium doing some DB footwork and technique technique work. So um Assuming he's still there working on his game, hopefully he stays because um, he can be a big-time piece of this uh, DB room and defense. Um, yeah, it's weird him 
deleting stuff. So, um, yeah, and they haven't updated because I think Marlon Hawk's still on the roster. Um, that was just the spring roster. Hopefully here soon we can get a, a full 2022 football roster with the freshmen. And once they get here, numbers and everything. So, um, yeah, hopefully he stays. If not, we know we have a lot of DBs in that room that can take his spot. Yeah, we know it's not strange to see guys hold on when they're – obviously, he's still playing football. He's not retiring by any means. And you're right, he posted these five hours ago videos of him working out. You're right, doing footwork drills with the basketball. And he's still here. We know Secute and Belly in basketball was still working out with the team early in the offseason when he was still leaving. So maybe they're just using that while they're still officially here and that. But I would say he's, he's still around. Um, like I said, we're not hundred percent sure on that. That's a wait and see. So we'll keep him in mind here, Noah, as we move on to the updated depth chart. Now that we know guys that are ones that are leaving, even though like I said, the portal ones, the ones that we just talked about, the young guys, uh, perhaps, or I guess it's just Michael King at this point could still be on the team. We'll assume he's not, and we'll assume Leandre is. So let's dive into this depth chart on both sides. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, not a lot of movement since the last time we talked. Um, we can just run down through the starters here. Um, offensive line, it is like with injuries, it's unknown. We discussed it last time. There could be a lot of multiple combinations. So we just want to mention that because it's such a big unknown. Uh, we know who the guys that are in the mix for a starting job are, but um, wide receivers, Obviously, we know who we have, our top two targets, and Isaiah Hartrip, Avante Cox. Um, we bring in Javon Halls. Uh, we bring in Bryce Miller, a slot guy. Uh, you have some freshmen coming in as well, uh, but you still got guys here. Jathan Jones, Zach Gibson, hopefully he makes that stride, him and Jathan Jones. Sean Larkin, Deontay Cox, hopefully he stays healthy this year returning. Brian Brown's going to be in that receiving room. Uh, T.J. Axon's still here. So wide receivers, a lot of guys in that mix. Hopefully um, we know two, two of the guys that start in an Avante Isaiah. So uh, that third stop, we know we can move Isaiah and Avante around. Um, if those two play outside, I know the, I would like to see Bryce Miller uh, in the slot. Um, he can be that, that security target for um, – Nick Baker and um, move some chains as well. So, uh, but if you want to keep Isaiah in that slot, like he's been playing, I think a big target like Zach Gibson or Jason Jones could start on the outside. Bingo. And uh, honestly, because we remember seeing Jason and he, he was talked about a lot in workouts before, and some of the coaches were mentioning him like months and months ago when, when the team was working out. But I would say Bryce Miller who's maybe not even been on campus yet. We know a lot of these guys that are coming in haven't. Uh, but him and Zach Gibson, I think, would be the – and I guess Javon Hall, since he's a veteran, he, like we said, we, we maybe he can be similar to what Jerron Rollins was and make a bunch of big plays as a, as a nice, bigger receiver. Yeah, I think they'll be moving around a lot. And we talked about Isaiah and Avante. They didn't partake in the spring game due to injuries. So, uh, obviously hoping to this point now, a month later, that their rehab is going well. We're sure it is. And I just go back to thinking Deontay Cox could play a factor. And we know the we'll get to the tight end position, but I do like this wide receiver. Michael King um, would have filled and he could have very well played or been special teams, anything. So we're definitely still very deep there. I would say 
like I said, Bryce Miller and Zach Gibson probably will be the third and fourth ones on the roster. So now let's discuss tight end, Noah, because we know Tyce Daniel is the guy in his final year here. We're thinking he's taking strides. He's, he's doing so in the weight room, and he took big leaps as a receiver, and I think he will continue to be that. And we'll talk about the ones behind him. So go ahead and do that. Yeah, Tyce is going to be that big, big factor. We know we brought him in. Um, had a great start to the season. Had some big, had a big game at at SEMA with a touchdown and some big plays in that game. Um, did a lot of blocking though. Um, obviously, we know how hard of a year it was for him last year, losing his father in that tornado. Um, then now he's going to have a heavy heart. So hopefully he can bounce back. He's been in the weight room, like you said. Have a big year. Uh, for Tice to finish his career. And behind him is that grad treacher from Abilene Christian, Remington Lutz. Have, like we said, we talked about, we haven't heard a lot about him uh, since he got here. Um, expect him to be that big weapon. Uh, expect to see maybe him and Tice on the, same, on the field at the same time uh, with some two tight end sets. We know we have Jacob Garrett. He's that fullback tight end mix. Um, Aiden Quinn stepped up big time last year. John Vollmer, who's been battling injuries, um, John Ciszek and Ragnar, uh, then two freshmen coming in, Ryan Schwindeman and Miles Marshall, um, two guys that are some young guys um, to learn from some guys like Tyson Remington and Jacob Garrett in that room. Yeah, and I've said before, I remember I think on the previous one that, uh, that the tight end position could be our uh, – one of the most valuable and most slept on in terms of impact because of Tyson's ability, Remington. We do not know, as you said, that we've talked about that we're not sure about him 100%. We know Aiden will take the next step and Jacob could fill in. So I think that'll be a nice, like you said, uh, option for Nick Baker for sure in those security blanket types. And, you know, we know Nick is there. We know not having Foss anymore. We have Stone. We have Hunter Simmons, as you said. He's taking strides. Zabrowski, who they said, he threw a touchdown in the spring game, and he's been playing well. Um, you know, Lindauer's still here coming off injury. He's still – he's one, Noah, that we've said that obviously maybe he can't go anywhere because he's been dealing with an injury. We know his relationship with Branson Combs. Um, to maybe – that's maybe why he's still here, but we're still holding out hope that he can be a factor because we know – we know Nick Baker's really durable, and he fight he plays through injuries or doesn't really get taken out of games due to injuries. But if we need someone to step up, it'll probably be Stone Norton, but we're thinking hopefully Lindauer healthy can be one of those guys as well. Um, so you want to touch on the quarterbacks, and then we'll move on to – because we have talked about this. If just the new guys we've added, we can jump to those positions and see where they fit, but go ahead and add other quarterbacks if you want. Yeah, obviously we know who the starter's going to be. Um, yeah, there's those guys that honestly we don't know who the quarterback two is. Um, last year was Stone Norton. Um, but we've had a sounds like they've had a good battle for that number two spot and Hunter Simmons, like you said, Zabrowski and Stone, Lindauer injured, bringing in not here yet, Trey Baker. Um, hopefully, that's a guy that can learn from these veterans in front of them as well. Um, then just real quick, touch on the running backs. Uh, we know we we have the three headed monster um, back: uh, Justin Strong, Javon, and Romier. Uh, then Pop Jones, Tony Williams, two young guys who's been. Uh, been been talked about really really highly. Then bringing in Lashawn Lesser will come in as well. So uh, those guys. Then jumping into that defense, uh, 
Not sure exactly who will start on that defensive line. We've talked about it. There's a lot of options. Uh, RJ Rebo, who hasn't been here yet from that Texas A&M, hopefully he can start at one spot. Then on the inside, you have Keenan Agnew and Zade Hamden. Then Richie should start on the other side. Then behind them on the on the Ed side, we get Chucky Sullivan back for one last year. Uh, Raekwon Lindsey's back. Adam Hundemere, who was a good depth piece. Um, then Dewey Green, who's been talked about highly. Um, hopefully, then we add another one just a little bit ago or just talked about earlier. Um, so then on the interior, like I said, Keenan and Zade. Hopefully, Zade can come back off injury pretty well. We know his talent. The guys, like, there's a lot of guys behind him. Um, Cam Bowdry, Tylen Driver, the Reeves brothers, hopefully could take that step. Uh, Josh Boatwright, Devin Love, then bringing in uh, Jalen Banks as a freshman. Um, a lot of guys in front of him he can learn on at, at his first year here at SIU. Yeah, Jalen Banks, I we've talked about how he, he's been a three-star. He's one of the highest – uh, recruits according to their rivals of 24 seven for us uh, in, a, in a while we're thinking that he could end up being the best of all the incoming freshmen of the of the tons and tons there are he's got the potential like that yeah you're right and even Quentin could fill in here for sure at the edge with those guys you, you just went through and we, we don't know about RJ do you know he uh, graduated from A&M so he's getting close to coming in here uh, you're right having Chucky I think is ever important him and Raekwon are the two oldest on the team to this point or two of the oldest. We can expect big things from Richie. Uh, his dad's a big follower of ours, um, expecting big things there. You're right. Zade, he was, I mean, being from Ohio State and James Madison, we do want it because he was at the spring game but didn't play due to the injury he's coming back from. Yeah, so we're hoping – we've talked about it how we hate that we lost Giannini, especially to end conference. Like, of course, the irony there. But he was so good in the run. He was so good. In the Kansas State game, he was. But just all over the map, he was good. Almost through every game. And we remember the story talking about when he was talking to Gene Green. It's just, we really are going to miss him just for the depth. But we're thinking that, because even guys like Kevin Glacian made an impact before he kind of dealt with injuries at the end of the season. We're hoping that our defensive line, especially starters, can be what it was last year. Because we definitely got to be better against the run, as we know. Um yeah, especially in getting to the quarterback as well. I think a lot of these guys, too. We know uh, Quentin can probably play inside. Just if, if anything, we know guys can play outside and inside. And then uh, RJ's six seven. I mean, he very well could play inside, too. So I think they're going to have that revolving door. And Hundeman, I think, is going to be – or Hundeman is going to end up being a pivotal factor in all the other guys you named. I think we're going to have nice depth there. Just um, hopefully we can get that quality production because we're losing a couple legends on the outside as well. Noah, let's talk about – uh, let's go to the second level because I think this could be um, – and we did add one, which actually, I shame on us. I, I didn't have it on the stab. We'll talk about a linebacker that we added recently. He'll add to the second unit because um, this could be the strong suit of the team. Yeah, there's uh, – good luck picking a uh, specific uh, lineup here. I mean, we have so many um, – like you said, we, we landed one. Uh, six days ago that we haven't talked about yet in Nick Okiki, uh, a talented guy from Louisville. Uh, by the looks of it, I think he could maybe play a little edge. He can maybe be a stand-up guy, but an outside linebacker from Louisville, a big depth piece add as well. Um, but yeah, this, this linebacking core is so deep and so talented. Um, we only can get three of them on the field at a time, which sucks. 
But assuming uh, I would have Jakari Patterson, who's been here, George Douglas starting in the middle linebacker spot, taking over for Bryce and uh, Bryson Strong, uh, who had to medically retire. Then Mikel Calhoun's still here. He has one last year, assuming he'll start on that other side spot. But got the guys behind him, um, you have five guys behind them that can pr- maybe start where, anywhere in the country. Zach Barola, a tackling machine, special teams uh, ace. Uh, Chris Harris, who's coming in. Uh, Branson Combs, who had to switch over to defense, and he became a star, made some big plays last year. Leslie Smith, who's coming from Pitt, who had some injuries. Hopefully he can stay healthy and be a big part of that core, uh, play a little bit special team. Then you have some young guys who we are excited about, and Lewis Wilbert and Kaniji Chandler, then some guys behind them, Shane Roth, Matt Bernison, then bringing in Ben Bogle, um, who, who was really a tackling machine in the state of Florida. Um, linebacking room is probably one of the deepest in the country at any level. It's crazy to see the talent we have in that room. I could honestly go on and on about how excited I am for this linebacking core, the new guys, along with the next level of Branson and uh, uh, Barola, just their impact in this next year. Yeah, Zach will continue to be – Branson honestly is – he could he could very well own the green dot. I mean, that's how much of a leader he showed. They talked to him in the pre-show of the spring game, and he talked about all the additions. He, he couldn't single out it was someone we remember talking about that he just said all, all the new guys are going to be impactful. But uh, he'll, he'll be definitely in every down one. It's, it's definitely Zach will as well, but he'll be – he will be arguably, along with Dre Newman, we'll get to one of the most important special teamers. Um, like I said, I can go on and on. And, you know, thinking about these new guys, I've been very caught up with, with thinking of Jakari and Mikel and how many huge plays they've made in their career. Jakari tried to play at the end of the year with his club. We know that he, st- he was the one who stopped the Western Illinois two-point conversion. I mean, these guys are going to be just all over the place. And I think it's unbelievable how deep we are there. I'm very excited for George Douglas and Chris Harris. And we talked about Lewis. We're excited for his future as an every down, but he's going to be pivotal on special teams. We've heard things that Dalman's doing an incredible job, and he's going to be one of the best ones they got in Lewis. And Ben Boga will be pivotal. And you're right, Okiki could very well be a, an edge rusher. So we'll see. We talk about the revolving door. If these guys can move around to stay fresh, that's what we need because, again, our run defense was so bad, and we wore down at the end of the year that now that we have the depth that it should be one of the best units in the country and the FCS, honestly, it's all a big wait and see, but I'm very excited about this group. Um, now I know the defensive back room arguably is the second uh, deepest and best overall group and tandem that we have on the team, but definitely on the defense. Let's jump into those guys with adding Iverson Brown. Yeah, with Iverson Brown, um, expecting him to uh, come in and compete as well for a starting spot. Um, but as of right now, I'd say Clayton Bush. Um, and at that free safety spot, then Antonio Fletcher, who's been very active on Twitter, is still active on Twitter since he got here. Big, big part of that, uh, at that strong safety spot. They're not there on the corners, um, out on the island by themselves, I'd say. Uh, P.J. Jules is a lock to start on the one side. He'll have his own side. Um, then the other last year, they at the end, towards the end of the year, they started rotating. Um, David Miller, D.J. Johnson, um, probably see some rotation there too. Um, 
like to see both of them on the field. Then behind PJ uh, should be Levi McAfee. Uh, excited about his future. Um, then behind them, Mark Davis transferred in from Buffalo. Dre Newman, like you said, special teams ace. Excited what he can do. Um, then Charles Young, a guy that's going to come in and soak in everything from those corners and David, DJ, PJ, even Levi, what he's learned so far. Um, then those safety rooms, it's um, Easton Wolf, who's been a veteran, who's been really good and hasn't got to see the field a lot, special teams guy. Jeffrey Wells, C.J. Parsons, uh, Jay Welch, um, a lot of guys in that room, younger guys that have eligibility, um, just have had – I mean, look at it, Quay Brown, Jeremy Chin in front of him. Clayton Bush has been here. So many guys in front of them that um, they've just been playing a lot of special teams so far. Yeah, I'm excited for this group. And we talk about how DJ Johnson could very well be a starter because he was at Iowa and he's got eligibility and he came out of nowhere and played well at times at the end of the season. We're thinking he's talented enough to earn the spot. You're right, PJ is a lock. Uh, we're looking forward to see if he gets even thrown at. He wasn't even thrown at last year. We know he had to step up, and they all did when James Caesar got hurt when he was an All-American, that uh, hopefully P.J. can earn that All-American season and obviously propel himself to the next level. Uh, but, yeah, David earned awards at the end. He had huge games. At certain points, he had two picks in a game and everything. David will be that filling guy. If we have a revolving door, a corner you don't see as much. You see with the guys that get up to the quarterback and – you know, at this first and second level, but we will definitely see David at times this year. Uh, and then and those other guys, as you mentioned, uh, Levi McAfee. Yes, we've talked about him. We've seen him around campus. We've seen him at basketball games. He is bought in. He's huge. We know he was a three-star. He's going to be a pivotal factor um, in that as well. So we have really, really solid first and second level guys, along with Iverson, who could play either position, we're sure, and be that veteran that these guys can look up to. That's great. CJ, I, I, I wanted to mention Jalen Bates. We know, follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's not on the website anymore, so we're thinking we haven't seen him post anything or anything. We know he was a younger guy, made marks on special teams. Don't think he's in the program anymore. That's unfortunate. But seeing guys like CJ Parson and Jeffrey Wells, who's apparently a really good photographer. He's been taking uh, prom pics and stuff so he's really talented outside the field but yeah all these guys are gonna be pivotal because with Dalman Thompson uh, Dalman uh Dalman's done an incredible job with special teams so far we remember that video he's gonna get the best out of all these guys if we could have we know special teams is ever so important so we're thinking we're gonna be strong there and you mentioned Charles Young could be we he's huge he's bulk enough to be a strong kid even more we know he can be a returner as well like his future a lot um uh, and then, you know, let's, let's the special teams again. We'll add – we remember talking about Nathan Torney being punter. It's going to be his job. And even Nick Hill kind of confirmed that in the pre of the spring game as well. Let's dive into the special teams again. And eyeing who maybe could fill again. Let's talk about the kick return and punt return maybe. Hopefully it's not a star player, but it could be. Yeah, it's uh, most likely going to be at that returning spots. Like to have your trusty guys back there. Uh, Javon Williams Jr. probably at punt return and him and Isaiah back on kick return. We know Charles Young is very good at that, so maybe a freshman like we've talked about, he could be one that gets impact right away. Yeah, Na uh, Nathan Torney is going to be your punter. Expecting Jake Bumgard to get that kicking job. Jacob Meeks coming in here, then Chase Reeves. Uh, Ross Pedro probably a long snapper. We know he long snapped for us last year. 
but yeah, that, that returning spot, um, I'd like to maybe see if Bryce Miller has any experience at that. No, usually like, I know usually those little slot guys at his size are pretty handy and like to like the Hunter Renfro's, uh, the Kyle Phillips who just got drafted by the Titans. Um, the Julian Edelman's, the Damian Amendola's, those guys, handy guys at that slot position. Uh, I'd like to see if he has any experience on punt return. Maybe we could throw him back there as well. Uh, we know Clayton Bush took some snaps back there last year. Um, so uh, special teams is locked and ready to go. We know we got no special teams coach. So um, it was it was a problem at sometimes last year in special teams. So hopefully it's improved. Yeah, we're hoping. I mean, Torney and Jake have tough shoes to fill with those with uh, Jack and Nika, but we're thinking they will do a quality job without a doubt. And uh, we'll get to more stuff from Hero in a second. Uh, but they also had the uh, the most FCS to FBS transfers, FBS to FCS, and then FCS staying in FCS. And we were pretty hot on a lot of those lists and adding all of these guys. So uh, we're going to be because we know we lost so many super seniors that it'll be it'll be great to have all these new faces, like we said, experienced faces, and some of them like Antonio and George, just ones that stick out, the guys that we see most active, and the guys that. Um, seem like they have what it takes to fill those legit starting spots and be like anchors for our defense. Like we said, we need to improve on defense. And we've talked about how we've, we haven't even really talked about offense as much as defense because we know how the turnover on defense is incredible. Offense, not as much. We know obviously Landon and Xavion and guys, but our whole offensive line has stayed for the most part. And then everything else has pretty much stayed intact. So uh, that's why we haven't talked about it. We expect big things from our offense per usual. So, but defense will be ever important this year. So looking forward to that and special teams as well. So that's a rundown. We will continue to talk about the depth chart. We're thinking we're done adding guys, you know, that's always never at a question um, with, you know, still summer getting here and working out there and then getting into the season, but we're thinking this is it, but we will obviously dive into the depth chart more and more as the season gets closer, probably just a couple more times. And then we'll see the legit one as time gets closer. So, you know, let's talk about, some other things here real fast. Uh, I did see back on April 24th was the one-year anniversary of our Weaver State win, which the main account had a lot of posts from that, just speaking of Branson making one of the biggest catches in the history of the program. Uh, Stone, Labanowitz making that throw and how crazy the game that was and going on, obviously, to almost beat South Dakota State and then advance. And we know uh, the season we had last year, but no, that one-year anniversary of that play, like I said, one of the biggest in school history I think that just shows how incredible of a talent that Branson Combs is as well. We that was an incredible time. We I remember listening to it on the radio. It was just such a such a high that we were on there. Yeah, it was an incredible play. Um, one like you said, one of the one of the biggest in school history. Um, crazy, it came down to that um, to to move on like that. It was crazy to upset Weber State um, on the road. Big time play by Branson. For sure. It was just a huge time in this program and started the started the road for hopefully more playoff success. And we've won back-to-back uh, playoff games. So we want to keep that rolling. And that was the start. Because remember the year before that, we didn't get in and we've been scratching the surface on barely getting in. So hopefully that is done and over with this season. We're hoping for that. So now, Noah, let's before we kind of wrap it up near the end, we'll discuss here. 
uh, other transfers that we are in on, just some that stick out. There's one in particular, and speaking of getting that uh, win over South Dakota in the playoffs a season ago, just reminds me that we are still in on a receiver, punt returner, kick returner, grad transfer, Cody Case. He's been getting offered from decent schools I've just been seen on Twitter. He played in five games this past year against us in the first round of the playoffs. He had two catches for five yards. And against Missouri State, who should be the third pick preseason for the Valley ahead of us, rightfully so, they've earned it. In a game against them, he had three catches for 71 yards. So he's an option. Uh, there's a Coastal Carolina offensive lineman named Jared Morrow. Four years left. I mean, that'd be another – he posted about us not too long ago. He's still out there. And then uh, there's some others that went somewhere. Western Illinois landed a linebacker we were in on, Noah. But if there's any other you want to add that stick out to you, uh, if there is any. Yeah, that Cody Case was a 1,000-yard receiver. Um, he'd be like uh, another slot guy, uh, like maybe a Bryce Miller. Um, but there's a couple still still out there that we are in on. Um, Caleb Washington, a defensive lineman from UMass. Um, we could maybe use maybe another piece on that defensive line. Uh, Chester Gefford, the Butler Community College guy, we've been talking about a lot. Uh, Eli O'Shea still out there, 6'4", defensive lineman from Garden City Community College. A guy I'd like to add, uh, Marquise Freeman, a 6'4 defensive uh, end from Washington State, has four years of eligibility, still out there. Um, re recently visited UT Chattanooga. Then cornerback Zach Sanders um, from Missouri State, still out there. We offered a little bit of then some other offensive linemen, um, still out there. Uh, recently offered, I think, um, we talked about Jeremy Sadler, a Northern Colorado offensive lineman. So some still some maybe some pieces out there to add to this team. Um, not sure if we will add anybody else. Um, and there's two guys still out there, high school wise, that we have an offer out to. Uh, Jalen Carson, um, the Lutheran North running back, we've talked about a lot. Still hasn't landed anywhere. Then quarterback Patrick Carlton from Carthage, Missouri. Um, if you guys remember from previous episodes, he's the one that. Um, he has the SIU offer pinned on his Twitter account, so maybe he ends up here, maybe not. Just weird that we're like one of his only offers, and he has our uh, offer pinned to his account. Um, so that is left out there. Um, we missed out on some transfers here and there. A couple I will mention um, since uh, some that lost to some big-time FBS programs. Uh, we know we talked about Chris Sheeran, the DB from Mizzou. He's headed to UConn. Um, some other ones recently headed to uh, one we mentioned that uh, talked about. Didn't think we we'd land him getting uh, Remington, but Miles Miles Kitzelman, the six six tight end from Hutchinson Community College. Uh, Nick, you'll like this one. He's headed to play for your Crimson Tide at Alabama. I thought that was um, insane that we were in on him, and all of a sudden he ends up at Alabama. Yeah, and even going back to that quarterback you said that has us pinned, I think that we've earned the right to be on that kind of status to where, like, oh, that's his biggest offer. And seeing that's what we want, though, you know, and we'll get to just, you know, some little things that we've been at some either events or some workouts that even Alabama has been at, you know, some of the best of the best. And being in on players that go there, it's like we've talked about basketball or in general, like you can't pass down going to places like that, let's say, but – 
the fact that SAU is in on guys, yes, that are going to place like that, that shows, I think, the level that we at, that we are at in recruiting and just overall. And, and that's exactly what we want to be. And you're right, uh, that Mizzou, that Mizzou defensive back going to UConn, and that's a big deal as well. So all these guys, I'm glad you mentioned a lot of these. Uh, just showing that we're in on them is is big. And they see us as a nice FCS program. I guarantee, like I said, our staff is doing an amazing job. So some of those did stick out. We do have massive amounts of 2023 and 2024 offers that we will actually have. We discussed that we'll have an episode or a episode coming up here soon discussing the recruiting with 2023, 2024 guys, because there are endless amounts of them. And they're obviously too big to talk about in one episode here. It would have to have its own. That's what we'll do. There's a couple three stars in here, a couple studs. So we will discuss them at a later date. Now, no, speaking of those coaches, I just had on here on the thing, on the uh, script about how they've been on the road. And I know that happens everywhere. You see all these coaches that are going on the road and recruiting, and that's where all of those offers and interests have becoming they're going to all these events and workouts as i said jason petrino was headed to chicago antonio james one of our new defensive end coaches headed to georgia dalman gibson was going to alabama then he was in mississippi nate griffin running backs coach was going to indiana mark watson who's been all over the place speaking at certain things uh, he visited Luther North recently and we remember he's a receiver as we know it's not tied to Jalen Carson just thinking about still looking at guys that are at that school and then he was at Liberty High School in Missouri so he was in Missouri uh, and so he's been speaking he was somewhere late April though I think this just shows again obviously we've seen Tony Carter defensive backs coach that's been everywhere as well he's active on social media he does a great job uh, like I said, no, everyone around the country has coaches going to visit certain states. We just see them on our feed and think it's awesome. But no, this staff is just utterly incredible. I don't know what else to say about them. Yeah, these this staff is doing an unreal job. Um, obviously, we've like we've talked about in recruiting, we have our main main areas we like to hit. Uh, Mark Watson in St. Louis, him and Tory Carter's been a do got job, great job there. Uh, Nate Griffin, we have some good Indiana players on the roster. Dalman Gibson's getting into a little bit of areas that usually we can't get guys from. We know we got Jacob Foss from Alabama, uh, but we usually don't get guys from Mississippi or Alabama. Antonio James down in Georgia. We know we've, we've been hitting that Georgia area the last couple of years, getting some guys. Then, yeah, we have to, Jason Petrino going to Chicago. Uh, we got to find those uh, diamonds in the rough from Chicago. That's overlooked. Um, a lot of guys up there. Um, Staff is doing an incredible job. The amount of guys we have on the road that obviously we haven't seen a staff like this before. That just shows you where the program is and where it's headed. Um, incredible job. You really can't say enough. I mean, we remember we've talked about before Jim Lansing, Jimmy's dad, DM'd us saying how from their perspective of a family and a player that's they're being told that they want to. We could talk about how Dan Clark, who's also done a great job so far replacing Trevor Olson, that they want to hire legit elite level coaches. And that's exactly, and that's the kind of output that they're putting in. Their production is incredible. And, you know, if we still have success, that a lot of these guys could end up very well leaving. And that's just the name of the game. And that happens when you have success. So we're hoping that'll be the case. Noah, some quick freshman hits here, just in terms of them being done with their high school careers. I did see, the aforementioned Jimmy Lansing was honored at a National Football Federation Awards Banquet by Chaminade and obviously his graduation, follow his parents 
again, on social media. Miles Marshall had a post about him doing the same kind of thing. I'm sure there's multiple, but those stuck out. Uh, and then is there anything you want to touch on that real fast? Yeah, excited to get this freshman class here. It's a loaded class. Um, a lot of future Saluki stars in this class. Um, really excited. Can't wait. And we talked on the basketball podcast. It's usually about early June, mid-June when we get these guys here. I think it's the same time for football. Um, can't wait to see these guys on campus. Um, incredible class coming in. Looking forward to it. So now we, we're just talking about hero sports. We talked about some things where we ranked and certain turned. We talked about, because we know Sam Herter, and he does his position rankings, which we'll get ready for and all this other stuff that he does. He does a great job, really, because he does it a lot of it, and he's well-known. Um, remember the receiving thing he had. We had a, just a beef that Landon wasn't on there. Landon proved him wrong and had a great season. Uh, looking forward to I mean, it obviously gives us just topics to talk about. Like I said, he does do a great job. So he had him and Craig Haley. We also know Craig Haley does a wonderful job as well. Had a their top 25 preseason rankings. We wanted to cover these and then some comments that other podcasts have been making. No, let's dive into this. We'll jump to ours and then where we are on this and then anything else that sticks out to you in some of these. Uh, we are tied for 12th on this list. I'll have what uh, Sam had for us. We're tied for Incarnate Word, who we do play in the first game of the season. So that's a battle for 12th and the right to get up higher, depending. We'll be looking forward to the other rankings that come out. He said, SAU has elevated its football program over the last few seasons, winning a first-round game in both the spring and fall seasons. The returning experience suggests that they will be right back in the playoffs this fall. To take another step forward in December, SIU needs to improve on its, yeah, 26 points allowed per game. Its offense will be able to put plenty of points on the board with the likes of Javon Williams, Devontae Cox, and Nick Baker. No, he's not wrong on that. 26 points is a lot. We just talked about the defense and how we want to change a lot of that. Losing a bunch of legendary players, hoping that can, that number can go down. Uh, but, I mean, tied for 12th is what it is. We definitely think maybe we'll be around the top 10 or inside of it, uh, depending when actually the legit ones come out. But, no, tied for 12th outside of the top 10 with the corner where we know who's good. It's not a bad ranking. And then, all, and then you can add on after that. Uh, what else sticks out from other teams, maybe just Valley teams in general in this rankings? Yeah, it's uh, it's about maybe right. I mean, we know we have some a lot of new faces on this defense and on this team as well. Um, being in that mid, that low teens uh, area um, could easily top to crack the top 10 in preseason upcoming. Um, yeah, then looking overall, I know uh, just seeing the top, Sam Houston at seven, um, they get Georgia Georgia Tech grad transfer quarterback Jordan Yates in there, but they have some other guys that can start. Missouri State's a very interesting one. Um, what Bobby Petrino's doing there, um, the amount of FBS, we, we've landed several talents um, and the FBS transfers, they've landed a lot too. So, um then they bring back uh, Jason Shelley. We know what he did to us. Um, they also bring back All-American Tyrone Scott. Um, they've improved that offensive line, looking at that. Uh, then the top two, obviously. We know we know what North Dakota State did to us last year, and uh, a lot of people say this team's supposed to be better than last year's team, so that's scary. Then South Dakota State getting Gronowski back, that makes all the difference. Um, losing, they bring back All-American 
uh, Isaiah Davis. We know we had some injuries last year. So uh, a lot of guys, a lot of tight ends, receivers, uh, the, the, the Yankee brothers and Tucker craft. So uh, those two, those two top teams and the Montana's are in there as well. East Tennessee uh, State's done an incredible job. So um, going to be a really interesting year. See how it brings out, but excited seeing those Valley schools. I think the only other Valley school in there is uh, South Dakota and at 21. So uh, we know they made the playoffs. Oh, Northern Iowa's at the 24 as well. So a lot of Valley schools expect to maybe see a couple more maybe throughout the season. Yeah, for sure. And Missouri State, we're looking to get revenge on them. Uh, again, they will be solid. You, you're right. That game against them where we sacked Jason Shelley so many times in the first half and still lost. Uh, it was a crazy game. Looking to get back at them. But, um, yeah, I think it shows a lot of people are high on Kennesaw State overall, just outside. We know James Madison obviously isn't in the FCS anymore. Sam Houston. Um, and, but in general, East Tennessee State, a lot of these teams that are interesting and teams that we've because the last couple of years we've been playing a lot of just conference teams in the playoffs. So if we get in a position to play other teams, it'd be definitely interesting. The Montanas and the Dakotas will rule the FCS this year. You're right. North Dakota state will be just as good or better as they were. People are high on South Dakota state and potentially winning it all. But just the fact that we talked about, yes, the Yankee brothers um, are insane and Kraft, who definitely is an NFL prospect as Sam mentions in here, they, they will be tough to beat. We've recalled the, the crazy, how crazy last season was, and that game in particular on the road there, coming back from 20 points, I don't know how we did it. Uh, and I remember that was uh, Oladokun, who barely – who did get drafted, as we said earlier, but he never – like they didn't turn it over as a team really at all until that game when we were able to. So we had a lot of highs and lows last year. It'll be fun, though, and it just shows again that the NBC – MBFC rules the uh, FCS. So you're right. You and I, I think, will take a step back. That's what people were talking about on there. They are 24th, as you said. I was on a listen to a podcast. The FCS Fans Nation Radio had a pod. They were talking about everything, and they were asking them. We're familiar with Jamie Williams. We retweet a lot of his stuff. He covers the FCS really well, and he said that. They were talking about most underranked on this whole thing, and he did say us. He mentioned about our run defense and talked about our offense, that we could be uh, – one of those underlooked teams potentially this year, and we're hoping he's right. So we did want to touch on all that. Some quick things here before we wrap it up. Uh, some things with – I mean, Sam Hurd has been busy talking about other stuff uh, just quickly because we know Frisco is the goal. They changed – they had some future uh, dates this year. It's on January 7th, the year after the 6th, and the 4th after that. So some quick changes early January for those. Now, no, let's end with a little bit of Jeremy Chin. We, we saw that he's – having a camp, one of his own Jeremy Chin camps in Fishers, Indiana, that's coming up. And uh, we just recall going back to, he was on a, Jason Petrino posted that he was on a Zoom call with defensive backs at SIU. And I remember Antonio made a tweet about how much he enjoyed it. And that was pre-draft, as I said. And we know Jeremy um, in like the status that he is. But no, it's really cool to see him having his own camp. That shows the status that he is right now. We're thinking around that area because he, we remember talking about him at Fishers that he was he was under recruited and school was what it was in that area that a lot of kids are going to be dreaming to be him one day because honestly, like I said, the opportunities around that area aren't really maybe what they should be perhaps. And he's changed everything and he's going there and that's just really cool to see. Yeah, it's incredible to see um, what he's become in the NFL is unreal. Um, we knew he could make that kind of impact and 
he's continuing to get better for that Panthers uh, defense, uh, being a leader. Now he's getting his own camp. Um, that's a kid's dream. I mean, make the NFL, then be able to teach kids um, what you learned. And, uh, yeah, the, the impact cannot be talked about enough for what he's made on this program. Um, if it wasn't for him, I'm uh, not sure how, how far we get to where we are as a program. So incredible, incredible what he's turned into. Um, hopefully the Panthers can uh, improve this season and uh, see him flying around on that defense. A long-lasting impact he will forever have. You're right. Who knows what position we'd be in if he hadn't gotten to where he is today. So June 25th is his camp at Fisher's High School, ages 8 through 15. So good luck to him for sure. We definitely wanted to end with him. Now, Noah, give me – since we're wrapping up here, we wanted to let everybody know if they've stayed this long to update everything. As the season gets closer, we will for sure keep some content rolling. We mentioned the uh, uh, recruits that we'll cover here in the coming episodes. But, Noah, give me your final thoughts. Yeah, I mean, uh, did want to mention mailbag is always open. We did mention on basketball we're going to have a mailbag pod, mailbag pod coming up. Um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to DMS comment. We can we can knock those out on our next episode when we talk about recruiting if you guys want. Um, yeah, excited for the season. Excited to see if we – there's a couple more guys that could help this team out there if we have if we have a chance to add them um but yeah like i said i'm really excited to get these freshmen on board um this class is going to be special it's going to be um maybe one i think it could be could be one of the best in saluki history um we just lost one of those classes um with all those guys those six year and uh, grad transfers leaving but i think and in the next five years this class could be remembered just as well as that class yeah, I think Nick Hill mentioned that, that this class has potential, and it's tough to beat that one class that included Jeremy and all of them. So uh, definitely looking forward to getting them in there. We're just, we're just looking forward to get into games finally again. When the season rolls around, like we said, we're going to be hitting the road for some games, hopefully, definitely Northwestern, but others as well. I'm glad we have a tough schedule because that's the kind of battle test that we want to be, and hopefully we don't scratch the surface barely of getting in the playoffs want to be a top eight seed and that is the goal it will be tough because we're in a conference that is very tough so looking forward to future episodes i'm nick malone no alerts until next time go dogs